This will resonate with many of you, I am sure. We're in the middle of the holidays and especially Thanksgiving is just around the corner. And as every year we're planning ahead, we're thinking, okay, who are we gonna invite? What kind of foods are we going to cook? What pies will be on the list this time? Or what are the guests that I invite going to bring or cook for this feast that we only do once a year? What games are we going to play? Oh, who's going to go with us to do the turkey chase 10K that we do every year? But this year is different than any other year. We have no control over what's happening. The 10K is now virtual. People can't come because they're, they are afraid to get infected or spread the virus. We're sitting at home wondering what this is going to be like in the future to come. And this year, are we even going to make a turkey? You think, all right, we could do a Zoom Thanksgiving and how are we going to do this? But it's not the same. And right now you're thinking, you know what? I can't control anything right now. And I so love to do what we used to do. And so you said, hey, you know what? I already got a little bit of a COVID belly. So what does it matter if I just keep eating, especially when I'm sad and I got no control over anything else? I might as well just keep eating how I feel until December 31st, where I probably get on another diet that fails. So today I want to share three strategies with you that you can do right now to help you take control over your eating and the holiday sadness and what to do instead of eating and being sad. Hi there, you're listening to the Pursue Your Spark podcast. I'm your host and fitness warrior, Heike Yates. And on this show, we empower women over 50 to take back their health and strength with sound fitness, nutrition, and mindset strategies. Our guests on the show share their honest stories so that you'll have the courage to take action, knowing that you're not alone in your struggles. I can so relate to that feeling of sadness because I feel it too. And you can become really deflated and, and it just becomes this roller coaster of emotions that every time you feel sad or frustrated, you go out in the, in the kitchen or in the cupboard and rummage around and try to find something else to eat, to ease your pain, to make things a little bit better. But that only means that you're developing a habit of eating your emotions and you continue to eat instead of managing those emotions in a different way and not skip your workouts because you don't feel like it. You feel so sad. And, and at this point you go, well, whatever. I can't control anything. So who cares? I care. And I want to help you stop eating your emotions and take control over the things that you can control in your life in today's episode. So the 10K, hey, we always run the Turkey Chase 10K here in Maryland. It is an event. Well, everybody, meaning all our running friends from our community here in Maryland show up, plus people, and they have a turkey person to run around. And then 
you know, the little kids, the little munchkins, the little toddlers get their own little quarter of a mile race. And so they toddle along and they're racing, cheered on by their parents as they're toddling along. And then it's the next age group that maybe runs a half a mile. And they're a little bit more serious. They're like, okay, I'm a little runner. I'm not one of those little guys. And so they are cheered on by the parents and family. And oftentimes grandparents show up and friends come. And it's a really festive event. And then the crowd starts and we do the 6.2 mile race. Some people walk it, some people run it, but everybody is going for it. And oh, I forgot, they also have a two miler for those of us who don't want to do a six miler or go like, this is nutty. I do two miles or that just don't want to go that far. And so we have all these categories. And then there's, of course, your name is called at the end when you finish the finish line. And usually you get a, a price. Um, I think a beanie or some, a beanie is like one of those caps. And you definitely always get a stale bagel and a bottle of water and a banana. Well, this is the highlight of the race. But we don't care because then afterwards we talk to everybody and we're chatting and we're having a blast. And of course, we feel good having done that run, race, walk so we can offset the Yes, guilty feeling of having that second piece of pie and, and, uh, stuffing ourselves. And we're going, yep, we ran this morning and we burned some calories. We're good to go. So this year, it may not be that way. And it probably is not that way because the race is virtual and we have to come up with our own race or wherever we're going to go. We're probably going to go run or walk. Um, whoever does whatever everybody wants just because it's nice. And then we'll see what happens with dinner. Maybe we're cooking a turkey, maybe we do some vegetarian, who knows. But the most important part is that we're doing, and that's what I want for you. And you may say, Heike, I am doing. I uh, I got my flu shot last week, and you still call yourself lazy, and I guarantee, I, I congratulate you on getting that flu shot to get out and get stuff done. So we're not going to call you lazy, but let's not stop there. Let's do something a little bit more. And I have some ideas for you of what you can do to control your emotional eating and take control over the things that you have control over. Let's dive in. The big question now is, are you an emotional eater? Let's do a little quiz, and I want you to honestly, while you're listening to the podcast, make your little marks on each one, because nobody is going to judge you whether or not you are. We're just trying to figure out whether or not you are or are not an emotional eater. So, number one, do you eat when you're feeling stressed, angry, sad, or bored? Do you eat when you're not hungry or when you're full? Do you eat or reward yourself with food? Do you regularly eat until you're stuffed? You know that that where the top button needs to come open on a regular base? Does food make you safe when you eat it? Does food become your best friend? 
And do you feel powerless and out of control around food that you can say, oh my God, I just couldn't help myself eating the whole darn bucket of ice cream or this ginormous bag of chips. It just seemed to disappear. And I don't even know how, what, and why that suddenly disappeared. I don't remember eating it. We have also a scale of emotional versus physical hunger. So listen to this. And again, check with yourself if you feel that one of those or all of them might apply to you. Here's category one, emotional hunger. When you're emotionally hungry, you are suddenly super hungry. You are starving. You can't wait. You have to have it right now, there and then. Versus the physical hunger, you kind of start going, hmm, you know what? I think I need some food in a little while. I can still wait, but I, I'm getting hungry. When you're emotionally hungry, it feels like you need to eat it right away. You can't wait. You can't wait for it another hour, another minute. You need to find something right away and get to it. And with physical hunger, you can wait. You know that you're hungry. And if you have been intermittent fasting, maybe, then you know that your stomach sometimes growls and you feel, oh yeah, okay, I recognize that hunger and it's all good. I can wait. When you're emotionally hungry, only specific foods will do, like chips, pizza, ice cream, french fries, you name it. It's usually fatty, salty foods that our brain says is, oh, this is going to make us happy. When you're physically hungry, you think about more along the lines of, oh, what is healthy right now? Oh, let's get some broccoli and like a salad or steam some vegetables. So you can actually plan what it is that you like to eat that will satisfy your body and the things that you need. When you're emotionally hungry, when your stomach is full, you're still not satisfied. You could keep eating and eating, even though the button on the top of your pants is exploding. You're still not satisfied. When you're physically hungry, you go to, oh, okay. I think I've had enough. I'm about 80, maybe 85% full, but I'm good. I don't need any more. And you can stop by free will without any problem whatsoever. And finally, emotional hunger triggers shame and guilt. Because you may eat that whole bucket of ice cream, that whole bag of chips, or go back several times and finish out the jar with peanut butter in it. And you keep justifying it that you are hungry. But when somebody says, hey, where's the peanut butter gone? You're like, oh, I don't know. There was only a little bit left. I don't know. You can't admit that you ate it because you feel ashamed of your habits. You feel powerless and you feel guilty that you couldn't control your eating. When you're physically hungry, you are just hungry 
and you're satisfied after you're eating and you won't feel bad afterwards because you feel that you ate a balanced meal, you didn't eat too much of this, that, or the other. Now, in the four-week lean-out program, I talk about emotional versus physical eating in depth and how to identify your hunger cues and how to manage what it means to feel hungry. And I'll leave a link in the show notes so, so you can get your hands on the four-week lean-out program and see what it's all about. Here are the three strategies to take control over your life and your eating. Now, to stop emotional eating, you have to find some other activity that your brain and recognizes as equally satisfying. Because if you don't manage those emotions, you continue to go through the roller coaster and your brain and body doesn't, will not recognize the good foods that you're feeding it and how they can satisfy your emotions over the long run as well. And as I mentioned earlier, diets don't work. It's been proven and so don't wait till the end of the year. Start now taking care of your emotions and control your life. But if you're still in doubt, head on over to either listen to my podcast or the blog post, blog post titled Deconstructing Diets, which one is right for you? Let's dive into strategy number one, practice mindful eating. What is mindful eating? Well, mindful eating asks you to literally stop for a moment and pay attention to the reasons why you are hungry. Whether you're sad, you're angry, you're frustrated, or is it because you are really hungry? So paying attention to those internal uh, cues is really important. And it means you, you stop yourself. You go, hey, wait a minute. I was just going to open the fridge. And then you go, oh, wait a minute. What's going on in my life? You're paying attention to the messages your brain is sending you and your body is responding to by eating because you're sad or angry. You can control this by literally stopping and saying, okay, I'm going to wait. I may go for a walk right now instead of grabbing the fridge and, and sort out all the stress that's going on in my life. And then you come back and you'll see if you're really hungry. Some of my favorite mindset strategies is when it comes to the actual uh, process of eating. Instead of grabbing the peanut butter jar and standing there by the fridge, if you really want that peanut butter, you sit down and you eat it. So, and I know this sounds goofy, but you set the table, you grab your spoon, you may look, take a little bowl and you put that peanut butter ice cream in that bowl, but you're actually putting your butt ski down in front of a plate or a bowl. Before you dive in, you say, okay, do I really need to eat this right now? Or am I just eating this because I'm angry? Number one, so sitting down, paying attention to what you eat. And I already said the next step, it's sitting down to eat. Instead of standing around and taking a bite or 
like uh, my mom used to do. She used to eat what I call standing up. And she was never hungry at dinner time and wondered why she kept gaining weight. But she would have some food on the kitchen counter. And every time she would walk by it, she would take a bite. And then she'd do whatever she does, and then she'd take a bite. So by the time we had dinner, and that also applied when she cooked the meal, she would start eating the meal while she was cooking it. And then she said, no, I am just not hungry. And uh, I, I don't... I'm not eating that much until we figured out what she was doing. And she's like, oh, I had no idea I was doing that. And it was in her case also a stressful time. And she realized what she was doing and we were able to figure it out. And by saying, mom, you need to sit down when you eat. You can't walk around. You can't stand on the kitchen counter. And that made it was a huge change. It's such a little change. Now I want you to turn off all the electronics. I know there's the TV blaring or you now you actually have your phone. You can just watch a movie or, or listen to a podcast or stuff like this. Turn everything off, pay attention, be mindful of the food that is in front of you. Enjoy the flavor, the crunchiness, and I steam my vegetables so they have a little bit of a crunch to it. So I, I feel that crunchiness. And then you can smell the good smells and you enjoy that. And you really sit down for a moment and just look at the plate that you, you made and appreciate the effort that went into the meal that you prepared or somebody else prepared for you. Take a, a deep two or three breaths before you start eating and like let the aroma sink in and let the the feeling of wow being grateful for this amazing meal and appreciating it and appreciating the table setting and how pretty it looks and and sharing it perhaps with the person that's sitting across from you and if you're by yourself you can still enjoy a meal and take your 20 minutes to to enjoy this meal, to appreciate it, to have gratitude for the meal that's before you and a healthy meal that's before you. And it's, it's putting happiness into your, into your life by doing that. And then the 20 minute eating, we all have heard it. Take 20 minutes. And it does take some discipline because if you're sitting there and you go in first, Oh, I got nothing to do. I got no TV. I have nothing to listen to. And I actually have to pay attention to my meal. Keep chewing slowly. Eat slowly. Take the couple of breaths in between your bites. Put down your cutlery. Yeah, you don't have to have it in your hand all the time. Use a knife and a fork instead of a spoon to eat instead of shoveling it down. So, there's there are all these strategies that you can do about just the mindfulness of how you eat and that can take bring you a lot of control over your day your habits and your relationship with food and number 2 is make a list of the things that you can control. You know by now, if you listen to me, I'm a big list maker. I have one big list for the week and I'm dividing my categories into super important things, 
things that I'm working on, a long-term project, or things that are just popping up that I come across and I'm thinking, hmm, I need to listen to this podcast or, oh, I need to sign up for the seminar or whatever it may be. But I have it all broken down. When you know the things that you can control, you can't control politics, you can't control the weather, you can't control other people's negativity, but you can control what you, how you respond and how you deal with this. So make a list so you know what you can control. That means cooking dinner is something that you can control. You control what goes in the food. It, you control what ingredients you have when it's done, when you start cooking, just as a simple example. You can structure your day. You can structure your day, yes, with some with some uh, reservations uh, if somebody else is putting appointments on your schedule. But you, even then, you can control how many meetings you have by blocking off time. That is your exercise time. That is your work time where you need to get stuff done. What time are you getting up in the morning? What time will you eat lunch? What time will you work out? When is your day done that, you know, on my calendar, it's, I usually work till seven o'clock PM, but the last hour is either reverse reserved for exercise or reading. I am reading something that I've been wanting to read for my business, but you can structure your day. And I would highly recommend to start a calendar. And it's very simple. You don't need to buy anything or download anything. It, just get a Google Docs and start a spreadsheet. Monday through Friday, hours, and log in, for instance, when you exercise. Put in uh, the meetings. And like I said, if you have somebody that, that is in control of your meeting schedule, you still can block out time. So at this time, you're not available. Now, um, choose an exercise. I already talked about, about cooking, but choose an exercise you love. I know there's so many choices out there and you could do all kinds of things. If you're not sure what exercises you love, just start with one that sounds the best and give it a whirl. Right now, most of the things are online or outside. And you could just go to a Zumba class if you love dancing and check it out. And just by the click of a button, you can start Zooming, Zumbaing. And, uh, or you uh, have a training program that you purchased. Like, or if you're looking for a variety of exercises, you may want to check out my Spark Fitness membership where the first three videos are on me and you can exercise to start with and see if the program is for you. I have everything from Pilates, stretch, stretching, strengthening, the ball, the bands, uh, a variety of things that might appeal to you. So I leave a link in the show notes for you to check it out. But pick something that lights you up, that makes you happy, not something you're going, like I'm hating doing this. That has to go. Moving on to meal planning. Plan your meals. I know it can be a pain in the booty, but if you plan your meals, then you go to the grocery with a grocery list. You have a list with all the ingredients you need to cook healthy meals. And you don't stand there and go, okay, Oh, this aisle is great. Let me go in here. 
This is where they have my favorite snacks. But you have a plan and you know that when you buy the food that you will cook these meals. Now, you may say, Heike, I'm not a cooker. I don't really like to be the chef in the kitchen and nobody else does. There are also food delivery services that you can explore for vegetarian to meters to a combination out of those that is right down your alley and all you need to do is open it up and they have instructions of how to do stuff. So a meal delivery service may be a good um, a good way to go as well. And definitely surround yourself with positive people. I have so many friends in the past and clients that have said, God, I have this woman that keeps not, I'm thinking of a particular person here. I have this woman knock on my door every day, rain or shine. She knocks on my door at two in the afternoon and says, I want to go for a walk. Sometimes I hide because I don't want to walk with her. She's so negative. She has nothing ever positive to say about anything. And sometimes I just hide so she doesn't know I'm home. And then the next day she comes again knocking on my door and she says, well, you weren't home yesterday. What happened? Why, why didn't you walk with me? And she made her feel guilty for hiding. And so we worked on the simple strategy of saying, I'm not going to walk with you today to saying no. Just say no to this woman. And I said, you need to remove yourself from this person slowly if you are not ready to cut the ties right away and just remove yourself and not get into suckered into negative talk that makes you unhappy. So surround yourself with happy, positive people. There's so many of us. Listen to the Pursue Your Spark podcast because we have uplifting interviews, inspiring interviews right here for you. And finally, focus on family time. You know, despite the fact that we can't see our family doesn't mean that we can't call, we can't FaceTime, we can't Zoom. We do it with everything else. And I know we are a little bit Zoomed out. Being constantly on camera is tough. We'll do a call without a Zoom camera. And I love I love when I call my family in Europe. I love to do my laundry. I, f- I fold my laundry and put it away while I'm talking to them. So I'm productive, but I still have, they have my undivided attention and, um, and it helps to connect. And finally, number three, adopt lasting lifestyle habits. Well, the more rested, the stronger and the more relaxed you are, the easier you're dealing with life's ups and downs the easier you avoid the trip to the fridge because you're angry or sad or or have other emotions that you'd rather eat. So let's start with things that, with habits that you can start again today to nurture those habits, to get those habits in place and start practicing those habits consistently. And of course, as you've guessed it, make exercise a priority is number one of those habits. If you get those hormones going, those happy hormones, you already feel so accomplished and so happy and so relaxed. 
and and just better accomplished, I would say, is a good word. Because when I something is on my mind where I go, oh, man, best thing for me, I put my running shoes on and I go, no earbuds, no other person, grab my earbuds, grab my mask, and out I go. And you'd be surprised how clear my brain is afterwards. And I came up with other solutions to the problem that I'm dealing with. So make exercise a priority and do it frequently. Exercise every day, changing up your exercises that you do to get a well-rounded cross-training effect of the things of the exercises that you love and, and experiment with what's good for you. Don't, so don't do the same thing over and over. That will get, that will get monotonous over time as well. And then we need eight hours of sleep. I know in menopause, it can be tough to sleep with the night sweats and just the waking up going, okay, I'm wide awake. Now what? I am there and I've been there many times, but we can do our best to sleep better by number one. Turning off the electronics an hour before bed. De-stressing by perhaps journaling or taking a hot shower before bed. Chilling out, reading a nice novel or a book that's not stressful. Make your room dark. You know, turn off all the electronics like the, the uh, clocks and stuff like that as well. So you don't have any of that light coming in while you're sleeping. And sleep helps you also Create, curb your cravings, especially your sugar cravings. The better you sleep, the less cravings you'll have during the day as research is recommended and you can control your appetite a heck of a lot better. Create balance between work and home. Now I'm not going to call it work-life balance, just work and home. Now that we're all working from home, you want to make sure that Work is done and I'm not taking work outside the office and talk about work all the time. I know we're a little limited on, on conversation pieces these days, but let work be and then move on to life. Talk about the latest book you read. Talk about a recipe that you want to cook or something outside of work. Just separate it and ask your spouse or significant other to respect that balance, to respect that difference, that they're not constantly talking about how crappy their day was and who was doing what. It's got to stop. Let it, there's got to be a balance. So start creating a balance by that or with that. And whether it's on Zoom, on the phone or anywhere else, connect with other people. I always love when I'm going for my run because I run usually at the same time. I'll see the same people walking or running and you kind of nod at each other as you're running or hey or whatever it is everybody does. But you know those people and why not say, hey, how's it going? Who are you when you see somebody for the 20th time? I was like, Hey, I'm keeping social distance. I'm wearing my mask, but I can still talk to you if I can keep that distance and I keep everybody safe. So connect, make a connection, uh, reach out to your single friends. They are the people that don't have a spouse or a significant other at home who goes, who hugs them or talks to them. Not that I'm recommending that you hug your friends if you don't live with them, but just connect with them. 
They need you just as much as you need them. And talking to people, and I say it again, that are positive and uplifting is the way to go. There's so many of us out here who want to be happy, who want to lead a positive life and not feel emotionally drained all the time. Reach out to each other and support each other. You know what? You can't control everything. I can't control everything. But there are parts in our lives, like I mentioned today, that we can control some of the things that are in our day. The way we feel about things, the way we are mindful and grateful, how we relate to other people, how we're, how we're relating to our environment. These are all super important things to consider. Making that list, making that gratitude list and saying, you know what? It's Thanksgiving. Let's write a list of gratitude. Let's write down positive things in our lives. And with that, my friends, I am going to leave some links for you in the show notes with some awesome recipes that I want you to try out. I haven't tried them out yet, but they sound really good. And I want you to let me know, either reach out to me on Instagram or on Facebook, or just email me at heikeatheikeyates.com and which one you tried out. Take a picture of it and sit, tell me if you like the recipes I'm putting in the show notes. And with that, I can't wait to see you next week on the Pursue Your Spark podcast. Ciao.